welcome to another episode of TWSS with Zach and Nicole. Oh wow, Nicole, it is it's a good day. There's a lot of stuff happening, um, and today's topic I think is pretty exciting because we are finally talking about Thor: Love and Thunder, and we are. Yeah, I I I am so curious because normally Nicole and I would talk about this stuff before we get into episodes, but. We haven't talked about this, so this is going to be the first we time. We have no idea how each other feels. We and have I, no idea. I feel like you're going to be shocked at my answer. <laughs> I just want to send a quick reminder, everybody. Uh, welcome to TWSS. If you're new here or a returning listener, uh, please leave us a review. Please listen to our podcast. Share it with your friends. Discuss with us. Discuss with other people. Uh, we really appreciate those that listen to the podcast on a regular basis and uh, anyone who's new here joining us for the first time welcome we're excited for you guys to join us welcome, uh, welcome. so <laughs> we have a lot of miscellaneous news to start and then we can think about getting into the meat and bones of this episode all right, awesome. Yeah, let's just dive right into it. Um, according to Collider, the Duffer brothers are expected to start writing Stranger Things Season 5 in August, which isn't surprising because they did pitch the Season 5 season five in, I want to say months ago, maybe a year ago, and executive producers of the show were crying and loving what they had planned for Season 5. So I'm not shocked that they haven't even like got into it yet. But David Harbour, who plays um, Hopper, let it spill that he expects it to start filming um, early 2023. So I would expect without delays, we would get it by maybe a summer 2024, considering that COVID set back season four by a lot. So, I mean, any kind of quick thoughts on that? No, I'm, I'm with you. Excited for it to start. Just... It is what it is at this point. And we also learned from the Duffer Brothers, if you didn't listen to our last episode, season five will primarily take place where it all started in Hawkins. And we will see, hopefully, I think they, they've made, they've alluded to the fact that it started with Will. So guess who it has to end with, basically. Yeah. Uh, moving on to full production for Dune Part 2 um, is scheduled for July 21st in Budapest, hung- Hungary. Hungary? Yeah. Source is at more butter. Um, yeah, they actually, I think, just started filming it today or mm-hmm. yesterday. Um, yeah, we have a loaded cast. Again, we have a couple of re- recurring members. Um, we have Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya. Um, what's her name? Ferguson. I forget her first name. Wow. Rebecca, Rebecca like, Ferguson, I think. I blank so hard. <laughs> yes. I want to say it's Rebecca Ferguson. Um, who I have to say all-star because she is, I mean, for me at least, she's fairly new. Mm-hmm. So actually I'm just confirming what her name is before. Yep, Rebecca Ferguson. Um, so yeah, we have a couple of recurring members and we have, what's it? Oh, we have uh, Florence Pugh joining the cast. We have Austin Butler joining the cast. So definitely all-star. Um, any Any thoughts, any quick feelings on that? I am so happy, so excited, just my man Denny doing his damn job. I'm here for it, all of it. Let's do it. 
hoping we get more into the story. I know with Dune Part 1, it was all about introducing these characters, introducing these lands. So I'm hoping Dune Part 2 picks it up for me I, at least. I think so. Yeah, Storyline-wise, they have to at this point. Um, yeah. All right. Noah Schnapp, Garrett Hedlund, and Victoria Justice will start in mystery th- thriller The Tudor. The film follows a professional tutor, Hedlund, who, after being given an unexpected assignment at a remote manor, finds himself battling his disturbed students' schnapp obsessions. Source is at Film Updates. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't know. Good for Victoria Justice for finding work. Still, I mean, I, I mean, exactly. Like, I, I mean. I mean, listen, Noah Schnapp, Noah Schnapp kind of has to get out of that like childhood Stranger Things phase, and they all do. So I think that any kind of work that, the, I mean, Finn, I don't even remember his last name really. Wolfhard. Finn Wolfhard finding, I mean, I'm not surprised that he found work, but it's nice to see that they're all kind of branching out. And I mean, Gatlin is in Broadway. Millie Bobby Brown has deals with Netflix. So it's 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 nice to see. Any any. Yeah thoughts any quick feelings about it no just uh i I don't know whether it's gonna be good (laughs) i think i mean i think at this i think at this point it depends on who's producing it in my opinion but we'll we'll see we'll see what's up with it when it comes out i guess yeah no i i agree um, the Hunger Games, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, begins filming in two weeks. The prequel stars Zo- Rachel Zegler, Tom Blythe, and Hunter Schaefer. Um, the source is, again, at Film Updates. And they actually just added Peter Denklage as yes. the rival to Snow, which I think is fantastic. Yeah. Loved him in, in uh, I almost said Hunger Games, loved him in Game of Thrones, loved him in Infinity War. I think he's a phenomenal actor, really blew a lot of people out of the water with his performances so um excited to see him take on the role yeah i mean rachel zegler too i'm i'm happy she's been getting all these roles yeah i'm not surprised with her um getting roles but i also think like when i wrote this (laughs) it was maybe like three or four weeks ago so they may actually be filming right now um so that's something i honestly don't think so I but, think she's still in Snow White, and I think that they're probably going to start filming at least next week. Well, within the next few weeks, I expect there's going to be an announcement that they've started filming, so it's exciting. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, but yeah, very cool. Haven't read the book, but looking forward to it. I think they had a 2024 release, if I'm not mistaken. Um, excited to see what they do with it. Lily Rose Depp stars in a new HBO series. The Idol, alongside singer-songwriter The Weeknd, Abel Tesfay, Euphoria Sam Levinson directs with writing credits to both The Weeknd and Levinson. Troy Sivan, Debbie Ryan, and Rachel Sinet also feature. It's funny because I just learned about this project today. And I'm slightly interested because I... I, I never seen Lily Rose Depp in anything and I've only ever seen obviously The Weeknd as a performer so I think it'll be interesting to see how the two of them come together and create this project the teaser looks like complete and utter madness and I'm here for it 
Are you going to say trash? And I was I'm so here for it. I'm so here for it. I, and then again, like, I, I physically cannot get through euphoria. Um, and it's going to require really a big push from me to get through it. I just, it, it, it rubs me the wrong way in a, in a lot of situations as far as, the situations but that's kind of its point is to be kind of sensationalist and and then still speak to a reality that a lot of teens are going through so i don't know i'm i'm fairly uncomfortable when i watch it which i think is the point but as far as something like this to have sam levinson who's doing great work right now and then to add in the weekend as well which he's a creative genius I'm a huge fan of the weekends, so I'm. And to be honest, the sh- the the show is going to be about the music industry, so I think there's going to be a lot of reality that's going to be spoken to, which I'm I'm excited to see. Um, but yeah, I I like what they're doing with the teaser, and so I can only assume that it's going to be really cool when it comes out. I mean, I do agree. Um, Euphoria, I never wanted to start because I I watched the first like. 20 30 minutes of episode one wasn't a fan of what was going on um definitely not the high school we experienced in my opinion so it was kind of unrealistic for me but then i got further into it because katie kept saying like you really need to watch it like it's good and then i i got hooked so i think it just takes how far are you into euphoria Still in the first season probably episode three or four if i remember correctly i would definitely say to give it like a at least five or yeah. six episodes, because that's what it took for me, and then I got hooked. But I hate that. I hate how I know. To, I don't like that for shows, that. but it's worth it, because Lucifer yeah. took me an entire first season to get into it, and then I was hooked. I don't like it. I like being hooked within the first, like, episode at least, but... Right. Um, but any other thoughts on The Weeknd and Lily Rose Depp? Super excited, dude. Just hoping that it really... It really knocks out the park. I think that it's the right studio. It's the right people involved. And apparently I heard news that the original either writer, I think, looked at it more from a female perspective. And that wasn't what they wanted to do. So they changed it to be more uh, both sides kind of perspective of like a male and a female perspective so i'm interested to see why they made that creative decision so that's that's what i'm interested to learn about so i i i don't think i've seen anything with lily rose depp so i'm excited to see what she can do and just again the weekend i think is fantastic and I definitely think is Lee had obvious acting chops in to some degree. I, I think with the music videos that he's been pulling off lately, I think that there, there is something there. And so I am interested to see where that goes. And I think you have the right team. And then also like to think about the soundtrack might be absolutely bonkers. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. Honestly. I couldn't agree more. Um, VFX workers are refusing to work for Marvel after impossible deadlines, constant changes, and even underpaying the artists. They all claim Marvel is their quote-unquote worst client. Woo! 
You know, I did not see that one before we started this episode. Um, I, I read that too, and I'm not I'm not surprised, in all fairness, because of how much VFX goes into the shows, goes into the films, and I'm sh- like, I remember there was a rumor that came out before Endgame that they didn't, or no, I think it was Thor: Love and Thunder, and it was Endgame. Before they came out, they were like working up to like the day before the premiere the world premiere of certain films working on the VFX still. And that's why some of the time we don't get a trailer till maybe like two months prior, or we don't hear anything and why they won't show certain things. So I'm not surprised, but I find it interesting that someone came out and said something about it. Is it hot in here? Yikes. Do you think it was someone in Marvel or do you think it no, was? I saw I, it was funny because I saw this a, a few weeks ago and with the release of Thor Love and Thunder and I'm telling you, Nicole, there's like dozens and dozens of, of comments and tweets about this. And it's VFX artists saying, yeah, I agree. I start working with them. They are shitty clients. They they overwork and underpay X, Y, like bunch of different things and then also kind of a critique so of taika and how taika was written on the vfx on a uh youtube show and i forgot what the show is right now i'm bl- totally blanking but anyway they were saying like he doesn't have the right to make these kinds of comments when he's the one asking for constant reshoots and of course you're not gonna get finished and polished material when you want it and to the degree you want to at when you've asked them to change it like 12 times. So I'm I'm glad that it's out there. I think that it's important to to talk about that, especially because the VFX make up 80, 90% of Marvel's work, sometimes even 100%. Like I, and so I think it's important for these people's stories to be out there. And I think it's important to, to cast a light on that because... I mean, when they do so much work to bring these characters to life and and make it realistic, it's unrealistic to expect them to do that level of work that you want from them and then change it. And then on top of that, like, dude, sitting in, we're going to talk about this in a second, but like sitting in the theater end of Thor Love and Thunder and there was at least nine VFX studios working on the film. And I'm like, what? It's just credits of VFX, VFX, VFX. And I'm like, what is going on? This is crazy. So to know that these, that many people and and their names are so bunched up together, it really doesn't give justice to how many people really worked on this project. But I, 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 I would assume somewhere close to 200, 300 people, VFX artists working on the film. And they're saying, we don't like this client. I'm like, what's, what's next for Marvel? You know, like... I'm so intrigued to see what happens next. But yeah, I thought this was a big moment. How did you th- feel about that one? Um, I mean, so we both know how huge, huge I am in Marvel. And when I saw that come out, my face did like a 180. I was like, oop, that sucks. <laughs> like, I, I like on the Marvel end, like it sucks that they don't treat their their 
I guess, quote unquote vendors or like their VFX artists like well, because that is literally like 95% of what is going into your film is they, if you look at behind the scenes in any Marvel film, any Marvel show, it's all green screen. Like most, I would say like 90, 90% at least is green screen work. So the fact that they and it does, we don't know who specifically it is. Like it could just be like, maybe it's not even Kevin Feige behind it, but it's like the director or like whoever it is, you should be treating these people with more respect and dignity because they're the ones putting the magic behind your creation. And we can definitely tell that like with, which we will discuss in a minute, like you said with Thor, Love and Thunder, like those creations were, were fantastic. Like there was one point that I did like gasp because it was beautifully created. Um, I mean, there are, there's like certain films where you're like, okay, like the VFX definitely could have been done better, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if it's because they were put in such like a small turnaround time. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I don't blame them for coming out and saying it. And it's just, it's definitely an eye opener, but I'm definitely shocked. It's, I guess I'm not shocked that it's Marvel because of how much green screen and how much like VFX they actually use. Cause most, like I think everything that they do has to be green screen. I know there's certain projects. I know Eternals worked on location like 99% of the time. Um, I don't know if they ever really use green screen other than like the, the ship and all that, but I mean, I don't really know. I, I think it's I, I good for them for coming out and saying something, honestly. Yeah, I agree. Um, any other thoughts on the VFX? No. <laughs> Let's get into it, dude. All right, Thor, Love, and Thunder... Who's going first? <laughs> um, yeah, I I think we'll do what we usually do. You go first, you go but first. Okay. I I'm very interested to hear what you have to say, and then Get yeah, we we'll just we we'll just do it. We we'll okay. just do it because so like I, yeah. I'll give my review and then I'll give my rating how we usually okay. do it. So it was funny because I had to do a little like background on it. So Phil and I from the way for podcast ended up seeing it the same night, same time. And so it, ends. we both were messaging right afterwards. Cause I was so like, I wasn't disappointed. I can't use that word. I was more of like, I didn't love it but I thought it was great. Like I thought of it as like another Thor film. Ragnarok, way better. Ragnarok gave me like eight and a half, nine vibes, like nine out of 10. Um, Love and Thunder is kind of, is I shouldn't say kind of, it's definitely what I expected going into this film. It was corny, it was cute. It was definitely, I, I think he needed this film. I think Thor definitely needed this kind of, because he is the comic relief, as we've said in the past. He's a comic relief. And I was a, I was disappointed with Christian Bale's villain. I was disappointed that he wasn't as in it. And this was pro I think this is, no, this is definitely like the, um, the time, the, the runtime of it was the least amount out of, all of phase four and since phase one it was just under two hours it was either just under or right at two hours um 
I saw like two weeks ago, so I'm still trying to think of what I saw. Um, I don't, there was just so much to it. Like, I thought the gods were going to be more invested in it. They were going to be more in it. Definitely thought Gore was going to come down and kill the gods. Nothing happened. Um, if anything, it was more just kind of like a comic relief Marvel movie to get us kind of past what we just saw with Doctor Strange. Um, definitely. Okay, so I loved bringing Jane Foster back in. Love that we saw Kat Dennings because Kat Dennings kept saying that she was not called back for this. And I definitely like was probably one of the only, only people that gasped when she came on the screen because I love that full circle moment with her and Jane Foster. Um, Stellan Skarsgård, love seeing him on the screen, even if it was like for two seconds to tell Jane, like, sorry about her cancer. Love the storyline. Hate that we didn't see her transformation in the Mighty Thor. That was something I was looking forward to. Um, the goats, the goats killed me. I just kept like hysterically laughing every time. Like they kept, they came on the screen. Um, Val King Valkyrie was great. Definitely love Tessa Thompson. Can see her coming back for like for more. Um, Sif, I definitely said out loud that Sif should have been given more screen time. I thought it was useless to bring her character in for only like literally 10 seconds. Um, who else? Heimdall's son got me. Didn't realize he had a kid. That was fantastic to see. Um, disappointed that they killed off Jane Foster. Just going to go right into that. I definitely expected her to come back for more. Didn't think that they were just going to kill her off. I don't know if it was a finalization for her character for Taika Waititi to say like, okay, we're just going to bring her in. And so I don't know. I don't know if she's coming back in the future. Truly. I don't know what they have for her in store. Maybe they will. Who knows? Um, the ending of it was definitely sweet. I love seeing them back together. I love learning that Chris Hemsworth's daughter was in it, that she was Gore's daughter. That was very sweet to see. Um, overall, the film was, it was great. It was a very nice comedy, very cute. Chris Hemsworth always brings it. So does uh, Natalie Portman, Tessa Thompson, Taika Waititi, like fantastic as, um, what's his name? in the Korg. Always brings as Korg. Um, the two after credits I will mention first. Uh, the first one, um, with Hercules, I didn't know who that actor was, and then I was told it was the guy from Ted Lasso, so I, I guess that's the big Emmy-nominated actor who's in the MCU now. Um, I didn't catch that. And then the second scene, the second post-credit, I definitely was probably the only person who like actually kind of yelled in the theater because it was exciting to see Idris Elba back as Heimdall. That was a great moment. Love seeing that. Kind of gives little bit of hope for the future if they do bring back james Fo jane foster's character somehow um seven out of ten i gave dr strange a higher rating gave it like a seven and a half out of ten eight out of ten um but yeah i guess overall it's a great film wasn't something i loved but something to hold me over didn't i again i didn't have expectations going into this film and i said that to multiple people i didn't think it was going to be absolutely amazing but I knew it was going to be entertaining and it was going to be something that like, I thought the guardians were great too. I had to mention that guardians were fantastic, but I definitely thought they were going to have a bigger role. That's all for me on it. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I, I generally like, it was such a short movie that I like, I was like, did I miss something? Like, did yeah. I, did I 
miss like a concept that we were supposed to have? I mean, I, I'm genuinely curious to see what you think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I think. Oh, geez. Um, I, okay, let me preface this. I am a fan of Taika Waititi. I like what he does. I have, yes. I'm a fan of what we do in the shadows. I am a fan of his previous work. I still haven't seen Jojo Rabbit yet, but I really want to. Um, loved Ragnarok. If we're talking now MCU movies, I loved Ragnarok. I thought it was a really great film. So I went into this feeling like I saw the negative press on this movie. I saw what people were saying. And I was like, even though I know I'm going to leave this movie with my own individual perspective on what I just saw. I also know that I enjoy what Taika does. We have a funny feeling like I will probably enjoy this. That's what I said to myself before I walk into the movie theater. Oh no. <laughs> and I was so underwhelmed by this film. And I left this movie and even in the last couple of days, like I wanted to write a blog about how I felt about this movie because I don't think I've ever left a movie and not known how I felt like usually I know okay that was good or that was bad or in like two to three days I would figure out oh I get why I liked it or I get why I didn't like it or the story finally clicks for me and I have that epiphany moment I've got none of that from this film and that's why I'm so concerned because I'm like this film made me feel virtually nothing and that's hard for me because, like I said, I'm pretty opinionated. I, I kind of have a strong feeling when I leave movie theaters. So I was kind of disappointed. I, I, I would say that I agree with what you say with like maybe 90% of what you said about the characters. I think that from most characters, they were great. I think Christian Bale was the shining star in this film for me. I think he was so good. And I also think that to your point about runtime and Christian Bale feeling a little weak in your opinion. I know Christian Bale said a couple of weeks ago that, you know, there is so much that got left on the cutting room floor for gore that was like super scary and it would have been really cool to be in the movie, but obviously they didn't get it. And then I also learned that apparently Marvel was pushing for this movie to be under two hours. So it was their prerogative to shorten it in the first Which place. Which I find interesting. Sorry. Like, exactly. I, I found that so fascinating, especially with like the only character to get four films. Yes. Sorry. I agree. Um, I've, I'm kind of over Thor being a comedic relief, if I'm being honest. I think there is a time and a place for it. Agree. But I think that I, I can see people's points when they say, okay, if we look at Thor from the first movie to where he is now, we're at a vastly different character, but I also think we have to take into consideration all the things that happened and got us there. But I think if we're talking about pain and not really understanding how to utilize one's pain, I think Ragnarok was perfect for that, kind of putting us in that situation of where he's making, or even even like towards Endgame kind of Thor, like I get where we were at with that, but I also felt like Taika set up so many jokes in Ragnarok that now he has to kind of explain them so like you crush Molinar in Ragnarok and now you have to explain how Jane ends up with Molinar like you have a fat fat Thor and I have to explain how Thor gets skinny and skinny, like yeah you you set up so many jokes that really like yeah they were funny in the moment but in the grand scheme of things <laughs> 
are really corny and now you have to now either revert them or find a way to properly explain them. Um, I do agree with you on the point of Jane Foster. I would have liked for us to have seen her transformation. I felt it was important to see her transformation. Um, I, I liked Korg telling the story, doing the storytelling. I thought that was kind of fun. Um, the goats I didn't like. I felt that was so 2010. That's when back when screaming goats were like hilarious. I felt like you missed the time. Um, I think that Valkyrie was great, but I would have liked to have seen more from Valkyrie. I thought Russell Crowe was pretty funny, but again, like I was kind of like, yes, these jokes are making me laugh, but in the grand scheme of things, the storyline is this really serving a purpose? Not really. I tr- again, I think Christian Bale was the best part about this film, and I would have loved to have seen more gore. I would have loved to have seen him slaughter more people i thought his character was very interesting but his transformation at the end was weak to me we could have done a lot more there with his death and kind of him going into eternity i felt it was too easy for him to turn and yeah obviously the love of his life being his daughter and 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 that's great and dandy but it is kind of weak when you have somebody who's called the god butcher like (laughs) you know like I, i i felt there could have been more there but Rating 5.5. I I I really think it's so middle of the road and I I don't think it's going to age well in all honesty. I like that we had panels straight from the comic books. I get that it was a comedy. I get that, you know, some people say it's not my cup of tea and some people really love it. Like I think that it's a pretty I wouldn't say it's divisive, but I think that you're going to have an opinion about this film at some point, whether you love it or you hate it, or you're just like impartial to it. And I think I'm more impartial to it. There are things that I liked. There's a lot, there's heart in there. I wouldn't say there's a lot of heart in there, but there is some heart in there. There are some really deep introspective moments. There's a lot of good relationships that have been either built over the course of many years, or we're kind of seeing coming back. But all in all, yeah, I don't know. I, I, Heimdall's son was great. I like the endings too. Getting us Hercules, great. I I think for me, I don't see how it beats out Miss Marvel. <laughs> and I think that's kind of shocking to say in terms of like Disney plus TV show versus MCU movie, like franchise, big shit. And... Miss Marvel's better in my opinion. And and I think that was where I was like, that's bad to me in general. Not to say that it couldn't be better, but I was just like, I was more, I was enjoying Miss Marvel more than I was when I was in the movie theater watching a Thor movie, which I feel like shouldn't be the case. You know what I would have to compare this movie to, which is really bad, but it reminds me of like a filler episode in a TV show. Like, you know how those episodes, like they just have that one episode that's kind of there, but it's not relevant. That's kind of how I feel towards the MCU with this film. Not that I'm saying like every film has to have some kind of relevance towards the multiverse. Now that we're in that phase, um, every, every film's going to do their own thing. Like Eternals. I don't think they did anything with the multiverse, to be honest, not that I remember, but 
it it set but, up it set up the origins for like everything. Yes, it set up the that. origins for like celestials so, and everything. Yes. But that's still not like it still didn't mention the multiverse. No. That's what I'm saying. Um, neither did Black Widow, neither did mm-hmm. but like a lot of people when I read the bloggers' reviews, they were saying, Oh, this for me was better which this is kind this is what hyped me up, I will say, is that a couple of them said that this film was better to them than Black Widow, Eternals, and Doctor Strange 2. So I went into it with a grain of salt on that because I was like, okay, I know how I'm feeling going into this film, which isn't a lot, and we know how much I love my MCU films. And then when I when I saw it, I literally said to somebody, because they know how I felt towards Doctor Strange, how I was like disappointed, but I still liked it. I said, this film, Doctor Strange, hands down, was still the better film than Thor for me hands down so is Black Widow so is Eternals um and those were and Eternals was lengthy so I would have to say that I I agree with you like Thor just didn't do anything for me and I I think honestly hot take I think Dark World was better than Love and Thunder in my opinion (laughs) yeah no like looking back on it like Dark World was trending right before Love and Thunder came out so I was kind of like, okay, why is this trending now? And then people were like, y'all took that one for granted. And I realized, I'm like, yeah, like, it was still a good film to introduce the reality stone, to, re- to introduce, like, all these different concepts. So I don't know. I realized, I, I did realize we have Black Panther 2 coming out this year, which I didn't know. Totally thought it was next year. So I'm, I'm interested to see, like, how we can talk about Black Panther next week, but I'm, I don't know. Thor Love and Thunder just didn't do it for me. Like, I, I just, I, I, like, Taika Waititi said, like, it's not any way related to multiverse, which I was like, okay, fine. Like, cool. We don't need that every time. Yeah, but, sure. I but... mean, not to, not to say for nothing, but it was kind of boring without that talk in a sense like it was kind of just like it felt very out of place like it didn't feel like it belonged in this phase in my opinion i think it does in terms of the after credits yes but that's about it and that's that's to me is the biggest disappointment is outside of the after credits it, it you're right it really doesn't have much of a place and I, it's I think it's kind of a cutesy film, is really what it is. Yeah, but I, I also film. don't like I, I also don't like the excuse that, oh, it's a comedy, get over it, that kind of made the rounds too from Taika. And but I was I just feel like, like he had an expectation to live up to because Ragnarok was so good and it was so humorous and it was like, different than what we yeah. But like at the And it's time, the fourth film for for a Marvel sense. character. Make it so, make sense. Make it, yeah. make it relevant to the other storylines that are happening, regardless of a multiverse, regardless of anything. Like you could still, you know, or even or even if it is siloed, like Eternals is in in general. Like even if it is its own thing, at least make it a good own thing. <laughs> like th- that that's that's the point. Like if it's gonna be its own thing, make it make it good. I, I felt outside of the gags, outside of the. You know, the exploration as far as, you know, Thor finding peace finally and then like Jane comes along and screws it up. Like He really didn't find peace though. Like he he kinda did with the Guards of the Galaxy in a way. Not really. He still felt I, out of place. He still felt like it wasn't his actual family. 
like as soon as he saw that Sif was in trouble, he left them so quickly. But even that felt out of place. Like the Guardians felt like they didn't even belong in the film, and it felt they didn't. It felt forced. Like it felt, it felt forced. like they were forced to be there, and they it yes. just didn't match the storyline. Yeah, I agree. I I I expected them like the way they made the film sound. It was as if they were gonna be in most of it. And I guarantee you, because even Taika Waititi said that there's so much chunks missing from the film. So I'm sure they were in maybe like 10 more minutes, whatever it was. But like, if you're going to have other characters cameo, make it make sense. Make it flow. Or, or if you know you have a two hour runtime that you have to hit, how about you don't include extra characters <laughs> how about you focus on the main character and give him some sort of adversary to really get your teeth into because i mean i understand I think, why they did it though considering that that's how he leaves off but they could have at least done that even maybe in the it, guardians but it, it really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things whether he yeah. leaves off with the guardians or not like it, it, we don't have to see their adventures like we could just start it in a way where Thor's working out and getting slim and we don't know why and then it finally gets explained why he's getting slim or we see Jane as 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 late uh Mary Thor or it would have been cool to start from Jane's perspective and she runs into him or something like I don't know like I'm just like make me want to watch it and I was just like I don't I think from from poor marketing from Poor script, whether it means that there is stuff on the cutting room floor that could be very instrumental to this film. I'm just like, Taika, dude, you knew you had a two-hour runtime. You knew you were dealing with a lot. You knew you had a big character that needed some sort of full circle moment because he's banging through the ringer. It's like, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. So why don't you slim it down to a story that works for you? I felt like Ragnarok was the most cohesive film for me because it was like, Thor's lost, he meets someone, a friend that he recognizes, and then they figure out how to escape this planet. And Jeff Goldblum is the comedic effect, which is perfect. That's kind of where Jeff Goldblum is in pop culture as being kind of eclectic <laughs> and mercurial, and that that works to me. This one, I'm just like, I, I truly don't get where it's going and and yeah i guess he finds peace in the fact that he has someone to love at the end but it's like that in itself is kind of weak when you've got so much stuff coming going on i i don't know i'm just very much confused by this film and i'm hoping that maybe with time i i come to enjoy parts of it but i was just like really and it's funny because Thor is one of like the most beloved comic book characters. Like he's a main, like he's an OG six and they just, I feel like, and I don't know, you'll probably agree with me on this. I feel like they've done his character the dirtiest since the beginning of the MCU. Like he, his first, like his original OG film, his origin film was not that great. I mean, it's, it's a good film, just not amazing. And then, it, it it's aged like fine wine. I will say it that has. though, like it, has. It, 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 it now it's it's a really good film to watch. As someone who watched it a couple days ago, like it it still holds up as a pretty good film to watch. But he's just never been given that aha moment, really. Or like if he has, it's kind of been like overshadowed. 
I'm just like, you're dealing with the God of Thunder. Like, do better. There is so much epicness that you can do. Yeah, do better. And then also, like, if it was <laughs> Guns N' Roses saved this film. I'm going to be honest. Really? Like, yeah. if it was Sweet Child of Mind saved this movie for me, like, you end it with a, with a rock classic like that. Yeah, I, I'm going to leave the theater feeling like, okay, that was, that was okay. You know? Because you know it could have quickly been a four for me. Like, I'll be honest. And I usually try to keep things at a five because I'm like, all the work that goes into a film, it has to be a five at least. You know what's funny though? I read I read a um, a blurb <laughs> when the film came out, and at the end it says Thor will return, and him and Taika were so confused when they saw that they were like, "He will." <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I guess so Marvel like puts it in, so like even he doesn't know his future. Like, I, which is bullshit. Like you. <laughs> It's like, then don't make the man cut a film to two hours if you have intentions for him to do something else. Don't I give wonder, it to us. How about that? I wonder that? if he knew. Like, I, I feel like that's why the marketing was so poor was because they, like, slightly knew, like, what the material they were given. And I don't know. I mean. I mean, maybe. <sighs> but I also, I also think, like, part of me doesn't think that Foggy wouldn't have explained some sort of idea about what he was doing with the characters. I really feel like... Yeah, but Fangu is not always like... Yeah, he but... Always, he doesn't always have every... a real hand with it. I mean, he's there on set. He's, like, overseeing. But I think he said, like, in the last, like, few projects, like, he's trying not to be there as much. And he's trying to, like, give rein to somebody else to, like, kind of be on set. And So then, so then what? You just let Taika go off the rails and make... A bullshit Thor movie? Like I'm just trying to I'm just trying to figure it out. Like No, me too. Because I, I was so disappointed with how it turned out. And now I'm like Honestly with with some of these Marvel shows, like with She Hulk coming out next month, like did you read not to go kind of off track? It's supposedly right now only five to seven episodes. Yeah. She Hulk. Mm. Why are you surprised? Most of the Disney Plus no, TV I'm not shows have been surprised, but like five episodes for She-Hulk, like it takes them like four, four and a half episodes to get into the plot. True, but five, five to six sounds about right on average. Maybe seven at max. Um, any other thoughts on Thor? I, to be honest, I don't even know what to say. I, that's anyway, where I'm at. I, I don't know what to add. People, I will say, I've had coworkers and friends asking me, like, my honest opinion on Thor. And I haven't really known what to say to them because I i don't want to spoil it. But I'm like, there's really not much to say. It's its a movie. Like, it's I, I go, I'm not disappointed, but I'm not, like, I'm not, I don't, it just didn't do anything. You're not disappointed? I wouldn't say disappointed, but I would say it wasn't, like, it didn't do anything for me. Like it didn't add to my top ten. True. Like it didn't outbeat anything. If anything, it's at like the bottom, like the barrel bottom. Mm-hmm. Um. Any other any other thing you want to add to Thor? No, but I do want to bring something up before we close. Are you going to mention what I was going to mention? <laughs> what. You mentioned what you're going to mention, and I'll see if it was the same thing. So, for the first time, 
in over two years. Two years, right? No, 2019, yeah. three years. Um, no, 2020. 2020. We are getting drumroll, Zach. Hall age back. And yes, those, we are. <laughs> is that what you're going to say too? No, that wasn't oh. what I was going to say. <laughs> I was like, I want to beat him to the punch. Um, I do. If you're okay, I do really want to mention our special yes. episode. Um, yes. So we're going to be having very special guests on the episode next week. And I won't spoil yes, who are. it is. But we're going to be doing a post-Hall Age episode. And usually going into it, I guess right now we can say like the one thing, the one project we want announced. Fantastic Four. Yeah. Just want a Fantastic Four announcement. I think... That would be my like moment on Saturday. For those who are wondering, it's eight p.m. It's eight. No, it's five. Five p.m. Pacific time, but eight p.m. Eastern time. Um, fantastic forecast announcement would be ideal. Rumor has it Jason Siegel is being cast as the thing, which has gotten a lot of fans excited interested to see where they go but i'm trying to stay off of seeing what is i i don't think anyone nothing has really been announced um but there's rumors yeah um but yes very excited for our post hall h dedicated episode next tuesday um excited to see what they what kevin feige brings there's rumors of animated tv shows for disney plus but i don't think they'll be focusing on the disney plus ones as much as they'll be focusing on like the mcu films that we have for phase five um but very excited i can't wait to be drinking my wine and watching twitter and it's actually going to be live it's going to be live yeah that's a first it's a first they've never done it live yeah but what was your announcement so, my announcement was an announcement, but it's more of out of curiosity. So, oh <laughs> Nicole sent me a tweet before we got started. Oh, I hate and you. And the tweet goes <laughs> a little something like this. Amanda Seyfried auditioned to play Glinda in the upcoming Wicked movie adaptation. The role went to Ariana Grande. And Nicole texts me saying, missed opportunity to BH. And... I'm so curious to learn where Nicole was coming from because I'm going to say my initial reaction was, oh, she tried. Like, I was like, <laughs> the fact that she thought she would beat Ariana, like, I don't know. I was just also like, if I'm auditioning and I knew Ariana Grande was auditioning with me, I would have given up. But that's not to say, like, Amanda Seyfried couldn't be amazing. And I don't want to, but I'm not trying to disrespect her. I was just kind of like, from a singing perspective, I think it's a given for Ariana, but missed opportunity. Nicole, would you please explain where you're coming from? Because I'm I'm gen genuinely so curious to learn where your head was at with this. Okay, one. first of all, I didn't know you and Katie were gonna come at me within two seconds of each other. <laughs> okay, for, well, that's fair. Like one hundred percent, I sent it to Katie. And she goes, I like Ari better, LOL. I said, I just told Zach, missed opportunity. She goes, no, Ari will kill it. Nobody could be better. And I just said, you know what? That's what I said to you, never mind. I was proven wrong. I think it's just because I've seen her in Les Miserables. I've seen her in Mamma Mia, Mamma Mia, 
uh, here we go Two. again. Yeah. I'm just used to Amanda Seyfried. Like, I think she's a, I think she has a beautiful singing voice. But when I think about it, like, Ariana Grande is literally epitome of, like, Broadway. Like, she has the voice for it. Like, she has the range. So it was my fault. I admit, I admit that I was wrong in my ways when I sent that text. I genuinely thought you were going to say, like, oh, that sucks. Or, oh, like, that would have been a good choice, too. But no. I admit I was wrong. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking of it as, like, the acting point of view. Like, damn, I love her as an actress. But You know, I think as an actress, she'd be great. But I was like, if we're singing live, I, I would prefer I would, to have yes. Ariana. And that's... Um, that's up to the the production whether they sing live or not. So and Seaford has like more of I don't want to say angelic, but she doesn't have a strong range like Ariana Grande does. I don't necessarily think it's strong range, but I'm talking about the high notes that you have to hit for Glenda. Well, I yeah, think. that's what I mean. Like those, I, I'm not yeah, like, I, I think she could do it better. But anyway, that's I just wanted to no, clarify that really right. quickly. I I I acknowledge my. My miscomment on it. All right. <laughs> anyway, we got Hall H coming up soon. Um, so we still haven't talked to Miss Marvel yet. I haven't seen I would anything. like to... Wait, is this a first where I finished a Disney Marvel series before you did? Wow. I, saw the post- I will say I've seen the post-credit scene of the last episode. So I've seen like that, but I haven't seen like the whole... But you you gotta watch it. To you watch gotta it watch now. it. There's there watch is it. something. There is a moment in episode seven. I think. I think it's seven or six or seven. How many episodes? Probably six. I think it's six. Episode six. There's a moment in episode six that made my soul jump out of my body, and I'm very excited for the future of the MCU Which is with this I, moment. And I so heard. That's I what I'm gonna say. I didn't hear about the moment specifically, but I did see a lot of comments and I saw a lot of people like, what does that mean? What's it like a lot of people freaking out? Cause they're like, it ended last week. Right. I guess the sixth episode. So a lot of people were like, this means like they have to do this at comic con. And I'm like, what does this mean? So I slightly know what they're talking about, but I don't know that I don't know what that moment is. But I know the context surrounding it, kind of, because I've seen, like, there's not been, I, I shouldn't say there's been major spoilers, but there's been, like, which they've been good, because they've been, like, using context clues. But I don't know that, I I don't know the pinpoint of it. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I've, I have though. a lot of, I have a lot of good things to say about Miss Marvel. So hopefully when Nicole finishes it, we can have a conversation about it. So. Hopefully I watch it this weekend on Sunday. And. We- shall see we'll see maybe i'll start an episode but i'll try all right well that was another exciting episode of twss with zach and nicole and we will see you next time